Hello, beautiful people. Quick question. Have you ever thought to yourself, I've been passed up for a promotion, but I don't understand why? Or I want to change in my career, but where do I even begin? We know we're not the only ones that have had these questions. And that's why we started this podcast. It's called Career Gems for the Journey. And we hope that as you listen, you'll discover some gems for your career journey. I'm Leah Murphy, and I wear many hats. I'll tell you about three of them. I'm an engineer by trade, a career coach, and an entrepreneur, all while working to stay happily married and raise three children. And my name is Alma Gordon. I'm a brand marketer, entrepreneur, and serial passion pursuer with a business approach to my endeavors, but always with a creative spin. And we're two really great friends that have supported one another throughout our professional careers. I mean, we've been through it all, and we're here to share some authentic stories, key successes, and setbacks. You're not going to want to miss this. Career Gems for the Journey specializes in team building and keynote speaking that can be delivered virtually and or in person. If you're looking for an organization to provide turnkey team building as a part of your team offsite, retreat, or strategy session, we have what you're looking for. Visit us at gemsforthejourney.org to reserve your date. Hello, 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 beautiful people. I am back with another episode of Career Gems for the Journey. This is Leah Murphy. I am so excited for this episode, but you guys know that I have a hard time containing myself, and that's my truth. So because I'm so excited, I'm going to get my housekeeping out of the way now so I can jump right into the amazing guest that we are bringing on the platform today. Um, so first, really excited for you guys. The feedback has been amazing on our newsletter list. Um, so join our email list if you're looking for exclusive career-related content directly into your inbox. Please do take advantage of that. Um, and second thing, so that my team does not um, smack my hands, which they do, rightfully so, oftentimes, um, we have introduced team building events tied to Career Gems for the Journey. You can find more information about that on gemsforthejourney.org. Please do go take advantage of that. It is an amazing opportunity to really open the lines of communication and align your team to be high functioning as you close out 2023 and endeavor to be successful in 2024. So excited for that. Thank you so much. Housekeeping is done. Now the excitement can really fire up. Um, so guys, this is a moment that I've been waiting a really long time for. It's kind of a full circle experience. Um, we have the talented Kwame Christian on our platform today. Welcome to the episode, Kwame. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You are welcome. So for those of you who have been riding with us for a while on the Career Gems for the Journey podcast, you will know that I actually was a guest on Kwame's podcast, Negotiate Anything, I want to say about a year ago now. Is that about right? Yeah. About a year ago. And <laughs> so much has happened since then. And that podcast, we had an amazing time. Uh, Sally Power Moves Winning the Compensation Negotiation had just launched, I think. I think we were anticipating the launch of the book. Um, and I had the opportunity to be on Kwame's podcast because he's all things negotiation. The book is specifically about salary negotiation. We had an amazing conversation. And since then, so much has happened, right? We were in pre, we were in the green room of the podcast and we talked about um, just how much has changed just in the short period of time since we had the opportunity to be together last. So first, career gem, I mean, salary power moves, winning the compensation negotiation is now an Amazon number one bestseller. 
So that happened. That was official, right? We talked about that on the podcast before, but it's great to be able to celebrate that now with Kwame. And then Kwame, tell us what has happened um, for your writing experience. And you're now a two-time best-selling author. Is that true since the last That's time we connected? True. Yes. So I, I came up with um, a, the most uniquely named book in the world. So the book, is, it's, it's all about how you should have difficult conversations about race. So I said, what should I name this book? I came up with the idea. I should name it how to have difficult conversations about race. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so before we get into the actual episode, I'm going to give you guys Kwame's bio because he's, he's fired. He's out here like moving mountains and doing major things. So I don't want to lose that opportunity. Kwame Christian is a two-time best-selling author, business lawyer, and founder and CEO of the American Negotiation Institute, a global consulting firm specializing in negotiation and conflict resolution. He's also the host of the number one negotiation podcast in the world, in the world, you heard that right, Negotiate Anything, with over 5 million downloads and listeners from all around the world. After the success of his first bestseller, because now we're at number two, Finding Confidence in Conflict, How to Negotiate Anything and Your Best Life, Kwame's second book, How to Have Difficult Conversations About Race practical tools and necessary change in the workplace and beyond is now available as a relatable guide for helping everyday people navigate one of the most polarizing and important conversations taking place in society. An Ohio native, Kwame, is currently, Kwame currently resides in Columbus with his wife, Whitney, and his two sons, Kai and Dominic, who are adorbs. But thank you. <laughs> now that we've gotten the the resume excitement out of the way. It is so exciting to have you on the podcast and also exciting to celebrate your second time bestselling author now. Like, look at you, look at you out here winning. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, it, it's been a, it's been a really fun journey and um, just being able to connect with people and help people. That's what it's all about. So you just go trying to keep the good times rolling. Okay. So then, you know, you are all over, all of, in the right places, right? You're on LinkedIn and on all the platforms on Instagram doing the things, but I'd like to know a little bit more about kind of your origin story. Um, I know that you're an attorney, but how did you start your career? Yeah, it's a great question because the, my origin story is a bit different from most negotiation experts. I'm a recovering people pleaser. And um, I stumbled upon negotiation by accident by taking a negotiation course simply because it fit in my schedule. And it was an eye-opening revelation for me because it helped me to realize that negotiation and self-advocacy, standing up for yourself, it's a skill, not just a talent. I could learn and get better. So I was hooked. And so we had these negotiation competitions at school. And my partner and I, we won the competition at Ohio State in the law school. That gave us the opportunity to represent the school at the American Bar Association competition in Ottawa, Ontario. And we won that competition as well. And so for me, it was really um, meaningful to be able to advocate for myself because it was a vote of confidence for the person that I want to be every single time I did it effectively. But even more than that, I realized other people probably have the same challenge of people pleasing, not advocating for themselves, not knowing how to stand up for themselves. So for me, I get even more pleasure and joy from being able to spread the message and, and help people. So it was at that moment in law school that I knew negotiation was going to be my thing. Um, I just didn't know how to do it. So I started off um, doing public policy work. So I have a master's in policy too. I did that at the same time as a law degree. So I was uh, doing civil rights type of work. And then I started off my, um, my own law firm because I wanted to build a bit more credibility in the business negotiation world. 
then I become became a mediator and started to mediate those cases, resolving conflicts between warring parties. And that gave me a lot of experience too. And then a few years later, I started the American Negotiation Institute and we've been rolling since then. Ever since. So you said, you said a lot, right? <laughs> that was a really rich experience. You said recovering people pleaser, which I absolutely love the phrase because I am a recovering overachiever. So I try to treat it as, I feel like they're, they're very synonymous in a lot of situations and a lot of circumstances, but what do you feel like um, is really the driver for you looking to make that kind of a change, right? Thinking that people pleasing served a purpose for you at one season in your life, or maybe even it was built in upbringing in the reward system that we had in elementary school or middle school or high school or even in undergraduate. What do you think really helped to make that change in your mind? Why is that really important for you? For me, it was a conversation I had with one of my mentors and he understood that I had a vision for a, a successful life where I had an impact on a lot of people, but he also saw this tendency of people pleasing. And so he taught me an important lesson. He said, there's a big difference between being liked and being respected. And you're not gonna have the success that you want unless you're willing to lean in and have these tough conversations. And so that was really eye-opening. And so I started to treat the, my approach to difficult conversations and that fear just like an actual phobia. My, my undergrad degree is in psychology. So I started to create um, my own bespoke uh, <laughs> approach to overcoming this uh, mental and, and emotional challenge that I have showing up as my best self uh, in these tough conversations. And that's really what was the inspiration for the, the first book, because I realized after surveying the audience of the podcast that their concerns weren't strategic or tactical. It was more of an issue of fear. When I surveyed them, the two words that came up the most were confidence and conflict. They were afraid of difficult conversations and they didn't feel like they had the confidence to have it. So it's really, really the first book is more of a self-help book. So it teaches you how to overcome those barriers, but also a, a tool that we call compassionate curiosity for how to navigate the difficult conversation, but more on the, the internal work that people have to do. So you really touched on something that I think is really important to discuss. Uh, on the previous episode of the podcast, we had a guest who um, who I know personally, we had a really personal relationship. He's actually a family friend. And he mentioned that there wasn't enough, there weren't enough black men uh, on the Career Jumps for the Journey podcast. And um, really just pulling my card, right? To say like, you know, I know you know talented men too. You bring in all these powerhouse women, all these very impactful, you know, world-changing women. Like where are, the, where are the brothers at? Where are we at? Um, so I was like, okay, say less, right? So then there was this great opportunity to bring Mike Austin onto the platform. And now we have you on the platform. And I really want to hear more about this concept that, that you talked about, which impacts your well-being directly and how you show up in the world. So talk to me about how you care for your well-being as a very successful person and entrepreneur, but also all the other hats that you wear. How do you take care of your well-being Um and give us a couple of examples of that. We don't hear enough of that, in my opinion, from Black men specifically. So I love to be able to tap into your uh, expertise specifically. Yeah, I think one of the first things to recognize is that you we have to give ourselves permission to be well. So here's what I mean. I think there are different status symbols that people can take from difficulty. And I think a lot of it's admirable. Okay, I work hard. That's that's great. That's hard to do. Um, we have families. Okay, dealing with kids, that's tough to do, right? Okay, cool. But then sometimes we make the, the pain the point of things sometimes where we lose focus on what it is that we're actually here to do. 
And um, just recognizing that, hey, yes, I'm a busy, ambitious professional, but I also have the right to be well. And there are things that I can do to feel better. And also recognizing that there are multiple ways to be successful. And for me as a man who likes to consume business content, a lot of the business focused material that comes from men, it's very extreme. So something like, oh, work hard. And if it hurts, work harder because that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> you know, how many hours do you work? Oh, I work 25 hours today. Well, really 25, like <laughs> you're limited by time. I, I work 32 hours today, right? And it becomes this bizarre, toxic competition about how unwell you can be on the pursuit of happiness. Um, but recognizing that you can't be happy until you reach certain markers of success that have been deemed acceptable by success, society. And so I had to just recognize, all right, I'm not feeling good. And the thing that was scariest about it, Leah, is that I believe this lie that success is going to be the thing that makes you feel better. So I kept on saying, it's okay. I don't feel good. That's exactly the feeling I should have to motivate me to keep on being successful. But the thing that started happening was that as I started to become more successful, I started to feel worse. And that was really scary because it was when I won my second alumni award where I said, oh my God, I mean, I've checked a lot of these boxes. I was operating with this edge that was constantly driving me. And now it's like, I've been working really, really, really hard to make it, to become successful. And now I've gotten to that point and I feel worse. This is backwards. And so that's when I, I started getting back into therapy and that was the road to getting me back on track. So like you have opened the Pandora's box in the best way possible. When I think about well-being, and I appreciate your transparency because I think that there is this really intense narrative that really needs to be dispelled. And I took a break from corporate America a few years back, really just focused to focus overall on my well-being, peak pandemic, all kinds of things were happening in the world at the time. And I remember stepping away really at the height of what would have been deemed success. Right, I was getting awards, I was getting nominated for things, I worked directly with the C-suite, like all of the things were happening, but the level of stress that I was navigating on a consistent basis was really taking away from my, um, from my quality of life, right? And then my overall well-being. So just having the conversation with people that taking a break or figuring out what version of success you are pursuing currently is so critical. And then this idea of like redefining success. There are markers that other people have used or taken or may have, you know, embedded in us through our upbringing or even through our education. Got it. But once you get to a certain stage, I really want to encourage folks to think about what does success look like for me, right? If I set aside everything that everyone else had maybe have, have taught me or even what I've seen, what does success look like for me, for my household, for me as an individual? Then it gives you the power to say, those things that I was working towards may or may not still be the version of success that are important to me. It doesn't, it's not monetary. It's not title driven, certainly not, right? Like working in an organization and getting to a specific aspirational title. Then you can say like, what do I care about? What do I want? Am I living the purpose that I believe I'm on earth to do? So I really love that you opened that up and that you said the word therapy. We're so pro-therapy here at Career Jump for the Journey. So pro-therapy, but I'm, I'm really thrilled that you're tapping into your own well-being and then finding what version of success you want to continue to pursue and then letting that guide be your guide, right? Letting that be your North Star. Sounds like it's had a huge impact um, on your life and now you continue to be even more successful probably than what you were at the time um, in making this new choice. So I love that. But talk to me a little bit about partnership. So 
when you think about well-being, you said that you're a parent. We talked about in your bio, in your opening, that you have uh, what looks like a lovely wife. I follow you on social media, and you guys are like a beautiful little family. Um, talk about partnership and how being in partnership has allowed you to either accelerate your success or what has that, what was that choice um, in order to choosing a partner that accelerated you as an entrepreneur and to be able to grow to where you are today? Yeah, Whitney is one of the core reasons I am where I am today. Um, and the thing is, you have to get a partner. Well, let me not say, I don't want to be prescriptive here. Let me say it from my perspective. I wanted to get a partner that made me better. And so with Whitney, that that was the case. We met in Spanish class. We got married graduation day. We've been together ever since. And so um, th here's an example. So I wasn't ever a bad student. I was solid. I was like, cool. I got my my 3.0. That's good enough. I just, I wanted to at least make sure I got there. So 3.1, there's a little cushion. So I'm good. Um, and then I started dating Whitney and Whitney finished her first year with a 3.98 or something like that. Um, she never left the library. And so for me, I, I wanted to spend as much time with her as possible. Where was she? The library. I guess that's where I'm going, man, you're still here. So people, people stay here this long. Okay. Like, cause I was studying, I was, I was a solid student, but there are levels to this game. So yeah, every, <laughs> every single quarter, every semester, my GPA increased because I was spending more time with her and she was at the library. And so she's always been pushing me to, to be better. And then it's always nice to have somebody who is, um, who's ambitious in the same type of way because they understand your brand of crazy, you know, because a lot of times- where So important, I understand your brand of crazy. It's so important, that. you yeah. know? And so it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, what are we doing Friday night? We're studying. What are we doing Saturday night? We're studying. What are we doing Sunday night? We're studying, right? Like, so I- if somebody isn't trying to achieve those types of things, it might be very hard for them to to accept that reality. But thanks, thankfully, we're on the same page with that. So we were able to to push forward. And the thing is, like you said, the, the journey is tough. And so it's nice to know that you have somebody at home who's always going to be supportive. So it's like, all right, I might have been rejected from a, a deal that was really important to me. But at least I know that at home things are good. You know, I'll always be accepted there. So it's, it's really important to make sure that you have, if you have a partner, have one that is supportive and somebody who understands you and respects what it is that you're trying to build. Because if you don't have that, the one of the things that you care about the most is going to break either your career or your relationships. So you have to make sure these, these things are aligned. So important to make sure it aligned. And yeah, listen, you're just like, you're hitting it out of the park today. First of all, on the <laughs> front of, you know, Whitney, if you're listening, I mean, listen, he's giving the answers. He's saying all the right things. And I believe it because I also believe that partnership and choosing my partner was one of the most important decisions that I've made to enable my own success and my own well-being. So when you said your particular brand of crazy, the joke that I have for um, my husband and I is there's a lid for every pot, right? And I don't know what shape the pot is in when you got there, right? But like there's a lid for it and we fit together and that works for us. And we have to make sure that that um, shows up in the world. I also think it's really important to protect that relationship above all. And when I think about um, integrating career and you know, personal life, I know that I struggled with doing that early, right? Early in my career, I probably was over ambitious towards my career side and then less ambitious on the personal life side. So once I realized that that was out of balance, I could see that I had some choices to make. And I think it's really important for the listeners to think about as you're seeking partnership or thinking the opportunity to 
you know, do you want to be in partnership with someone, even as you think about the early stages or the later stages, what should that look like for you? And what are your, you know, sincere desires? If you can define success for yourself, and then you and your partner can have that conversation of what does success look like, then you can build a life around that, right? You can kind of be an architect of that. And a great promotion or a great opportunity or a contract or a deal or all those things has to butt up against does this align to the version of success that we want to have? And can we sustain the version of success that we're saying we want as a household if we add on these things? The answer is yes, go for it. And the answer is no, then we have to either renegotiate, right? And reframe it, do something different, or we have to just say no. It's not a fit, mm-hmm. it doesn't align. Um, but that comes from this belief that, belief that there is abundance, right? That there is more out there. There are bigger opportunities. There is no one thing that's going to you know, mince you as successful or also destroy your reputation completely. So I'm curious for you, is there a mindset adjustment that you're seeing as you were talking to people in the space of negotiation specifically and growing people's competency in that area? Because you said earlier that you started negotiating and you realized that it's something that you could learn and get better at. And I think that's a common misconception that a lot of folks have, that it's like you're born a great negotiator and those things just happen. Um, but it sounds like you were able to like design yourself to be a great negotiator. So just tell, talk a little bit more to the folks about what does it look like when you realize there's a mindset that you want to achieve something? And then how do you design a life around that to achieve the version of success? Yeah, one, one of the things I said in my first book was I wasn't born this way, I was built this way. And you're right, it was intentionality. I recognized the, the weaknesses and I, I figured out what it would take to, to improve upon them. And I think when we think about building, we're not just building ourselves, but we're building our lives as well. And so things that you said, we have to go deeper into that, having that mindset of abundance and having that mindset of not just abundance of opportunity, but also my abundance of directionality too. There are multiple paths to success. And then you have to start questioning yourself a little bit more. So where do these beliefs come from? So a belief is just a thought that you've thought a lot and that's it. Doesn't necessarily make it right, but the more we think about it, the more it feels right. And then when we I love that, to- the more we <laughs> yeah. think about it, the more it feels right. Oh my god! Exactly. I love that. Exactly. Keep going. And so it's like that's where you get the wrong and strong, right? It's like I'm wrong, but I'm really, really confident in my wrongness, right? And so when you think about, hey, where did we get? Where did we get these ideas? Because sometimes it might not be something that we've ever articulated. We might have never verbalized, but we uh, we believe it to be true, right? So here, I'll, I'll tell on myself a bit. So I'll say, all right, a CEO, what, what does a CEO do? Like we have this vision of what a CEO does. Um, great. You know what a CEO doesn't do in our little uh, make-believe experiment here? Um, I don't see a CEO cleaning. Um, I don't see a CEO picking up around the house and things like this. This is beneath me. You know, have I heard anybody explicitly say that? No. Did I really, 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 really believe it? Yes, I did. And, um, and I would say, listen, what, I know I, I, in my vision of a doctor, I don't see a doctor cleaning either. So we have the, the people coming in to clean. And Whitney, I don't like you cleaning either. Just let it go. Just chill. They're coming. And <laughs> 
Chill, they're coming. Wouldn't that be the best alternative? Just chill, they're coming. Chill, right? Um, no, right. I have to start questioning these things. I said, would would I rather be a CEO who is there for his family and like shows up for practices, who recognizes his wife is, is stressed out and does care about making sure the place stays organized until <laughs> you know, even while we wait for the cleaners to come. Um, yeah, I want to be the CEO who could offer that level of support and still get things done in the business world. So here I am. I, I Most of my team is comprised of introverts. And so nobody was coming into the office. So I was like, forget this. We're going remote. So I built a studio here. So now I have the privilege of being able to work from home. But I still had that mentality. Psh, yeah, I might be home, but I'm still a CEO. I'm not cleaning. Um, not helpful. Leah, that's not a helpful thing. And it's not even beneficial. Like, what do I get from that? It's like, a I, just get, I just get bad relationships and then like annoyed. And then I have the, like, uh, it develops this toxic ego where I'm like, how dare you think that I should do things like this? So I was like, bro, what is wrong with you? Um, therapy, therapy helps. And so now <laughs> between minute meetings, I can jump upstairs, like spend half an hour, get something really like some dinner together for the family clean up a little bit, turn it into a game, listen to some music, watch some YouTube, and then get back to work. That doesn't diminish me, right? But again, I have to rethink about, all right, yeah, I might feel like this is the way I want my life to be. I might really believe that it should be this way where I don't need to do these types of things. But then when I think deeply about it, I recognize that some of my desires are completely illegitimate. And so you have to come to terms with that by first internally negotiating with yourself to figure out what you really want and why without just being blown by the wind of society telling you how you should act. So I think a healthy dose of skepticism along with introspection goes a long way. Blown by the winds of society. Like that, <laughs> listen, you're, you, you're one-liners today. The gems are flowing, okay? Let's be real clear. First, you said the recovering people pleaser, which is one I love. Blown by the ones of society is the, is my second favorite by far, but it, it encapsulates something for me that I feel like is complicated to undo because society is this amorphous thing that's just happening all the time. And we don't know what parts of it has what effect on our mindset versus the other. So taking a step back as a professional and evaluating what are the things that I wanna accept and that I wanna embed in my life and my ways of working and the way that I show up in the world, but what are the things that I just wanna reject? Like that, it just doesn't work. <laughs> it may work for somebody else, not me, not today, not this year. So we're just gonna let somebody else have it. Um, and I love that, that uh, ability to be introspective and say like, what about what I'm saying, what I'm doing, how I'm showing up in my business, in my relationships, in my career, can be changed, what could be reevaluated, what could be set to the wayside. Um, I think it just continues to remind people that all of this is a trial and error experience in a lot of ways. And to give yourself the opportunity to choose the things that work and not choose and, and unlearn the things that don't work for you. So I, I love that perspective. So last question, you also, and I, I didn't mention this at the top, but I don't know how I didn't, you also are a contributor to Forbes. So I, I got to tell the story of after we did the podcast last time, you, um, you know, we had a great time. I logged off of the podcast. I actually went and told my assistant, like, that was a great podcast. It's going to be fantastic. Let's go from there. Um, and then a month later, your assistant called me or your assistant emailed me and said, you know, Kwame has converted the podcast episode into a Forbes article. And now you're, um, you guys are mentioned on Forbes. And I was like, well, 
well, isn't that the way to make somebody's goddamn day? Like, <laughs> no, there was no preemption. We hadn't talked about it at all. And literally, I just got an email with a link to a Forbes article. So first, I wanted to say thank you. Thank you that you thought the podcast, you know, the, the conversation that we had before was worthwhile and a dialogue that should make it there. But just talk to folks a little bit about, you have this very multidimensional thing that's happening with Negotiate Anything in the podcast and a contributor Forbes. So how does all of that funnel into the version of success that you are looking to pursue? Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I like I said when we chatted last time, I was like, I want you to be a bestseller, so I got to do my part. <laughs> I, I, you know what? You said that and you did that, and I appreciate that you were a man of your word. And that was yeah. completely for everybody who's listening. That was completely organic. So Kwame and I have never met in real life, <laughs> but we, I think, we share a lot of the same ideals and a lot of concepts and principles. Um, and we also love to see people be successful, especially people who are doing the work. So I was thrilled to hear that you wanted me to be successful and I feel the same about you. So Thank that you. was just an amazing surprise that I found out in my kitchen making dinner for my children while we were dancing to a YouTube <laughs> video. So thank you for that. That was amazing. I love that. I love that. That's great. Yeah, I think for me, I, I came to the conclusion and this is, it's kind of weird, but I think it's been a um, one of our differentiating factors in the industry. Um, I don't think of nego the American Negotiation Institute as a negotiation consultancy or a training and development firm. I think about the American Negotiation Institute as a media company. It's media first because that, that feeds everything. So one of our core values is generosity. And so I want to be the, the running the organization that is the most generous in the industry. So we give away as much of our materials for free. And so I need bigger platforms to be able to do that. So the podcast is a platform. We control the distribution completely, which is great. So we're at seven days a week and all, all, all sorts of episodes, almost a thousand episodes now, which is great. Contributor for Forbes, that's another great outlet. Um, we also have a 30 courses on LinkedIn learning. And so about 600 folks, six, sorry, 600,000 people have gone through our, our courses. Um, we just signed a deal with Audible, so we'll have um, an Audible original coming out in um, in January. And um, yeah, I teach at the well, I retired from the MBA program, but they brought me back in at the law school. I couldn't say no, and so I'm teaching negotiation at the law school again. But for me, it's just about finding being business savvy to create a cohesion between what it is that we're doing. So I want to be generous. And I also want to be intentional about the generosity because people listen to the podcast. They follow me on LinkedIn. They listen to a course, those type of things. And they say, hey, you know what? I have a negotiation training I need. I have a keynote that I want. I know who I'm going to go with because I've been consuming his content for free for years. And there's almost like a built up reciprocity. Um, I'm still associated with a law firm. I'm of counsel at a law firm. I don't practice very often, but now the brand is big enough that I can still attract clients. So I have that revenue uh, share with them. But the beautiful thing is that's not just the entrepreneurial side that's beneficial with the law firm, but it also shows a level of credibility. There's still a massive law firm that still wants to get behind me. And when they have a, a really fun, cool negotiation story, I can jump in and still practice. So I'm, I'm, I'm not just an academic, I'm keeping my skills sharp all the time. And so it's about recognizing that the core, yes, is negotiation expertise, but the core of the business is the media side, sharing as much as we can to as many people as we can, and, um, and getting business opportunities from that. And like the, and this is, you know what, Leah, let's break some news. I've never said this publicly. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. 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 So we um when I think about the the companies that make the most money, they're the companies that have 
technology elements to it. The companies that are making the biggest waves right now are, are have have tech and tech is infinitely scalable too. So that's just a good business decision too. So we are going to be unveiling a an AI negotiation coach. It's going to be called Kentar. And so in the next few months, we're going to release that. And it's it's really exciting because it'll give people access to the to the best possible negotiation advice, but in their pocket, um, which is really, really nice. So breaking news on the Career Jump to the Dream podcast. I love it. <laughs> I love that. I love that Kentar is um, a brainchild of a need that then serves a purpose and ultimately uses technology to then benefit people, right? That's the highest and best use. There are other ways that are more nefarious and we don't need to go into that. But like when I think about even just, you know, even social media and the platforms that we use um, and technology in general, I try to find use cases where it's the highest and best use and like how lives will be changed for the positive by having this resource for them. So I am thrilled. Congratulations on that amazing, amazing endeavor, taking a step into a brand new arena, um, taking a calculated risk, right? Which is, you know, a principle for us at Career Gems for the Journey. Um, and I'm sure, you know, risk-taking is a part of uh, what you guys do at Negotiation Institute all the time. So I absolutely love this. Kwame, this has been a, uh, an amazing conversation. So excited to be able to bring this to our audience and listeners. Tell them where they can find you and how they can get in contact with you. Um, I know you're on a lot of platforms, but tell them where they can uh, get the most exciting updates from <laughs> the Negotiate Anything, as well as uh, even LinkedIn courses that you want folks to check out. Definitely. So anywhere you can listen to a podcast, you can find our podcast, Negotiate Anything. We're the number one negotiation podcast in the world because we have people like Leah Murphy coming on the podcast, sharing their gems. So that's, um, that's really important. And um, then LinkedIn. LinkedIn's the social media of choice for me. I post on LinkedIn every single day. Um, so I want to be as generous as possible with that content. If you like cute babies, um, follow me on Instagram. That's pretty much the only reason why people follow me <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> I cannot figure Your that out. Your babies are cute. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that response. <laughs> yeah, listen, Leah, I, I, I spent hours crafting this incredibly um, intricate message with a like a picture of me presenting on stage and nobody cared. And then I just post a picture of Dominic merely existing and the world loses their mind. Um, I don't want to say that I'm jealous of my kids doesn't change the fact that it's true. <laughs> it doesn't change the fact that you watch them live a life that you can obviously be envious of. Like, I didn't, this is, I don't, okay, okay. It is what it is. Exactly. <laughs> it is what it is. Exactly. It's why we work so hard. So thank you so much, Kwame. This has been great. I look forward to seeing all your continued success and continuing to follow you. And we appreciate you guys for riding with us on the Career Jump to the Journey podcast. We will see you on the next episode. Thank you. Appreciate it. Your last performance review was solid, but it only came with a small salary increase. I understand, I've been there too. You want to negotiate for more money, but you're not sure where to start. We can help. Get your digital copy of Salary Power Moves Winning the Compensation Negotiation today for just $9.99 at gemsforthejourney.org shop. You'll learn what to put on the table in your negotiation and how to influence the people in your organization to give you additional compensation. Grab your copy today for just 9 dollars 
at gemsforthejourney.org slash shop and learn to negotiate. This was Amma Gordon and Leah Murphy. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode gave you some real gems that you can use on your own career journey. Come back for the next episode and be sure to follow us on social at Gems for the Journey on Instagram and Career Gems for the Journey on LinkedIn. You can also email us at info at gemsforthejourney.org with any questions or comments you may have.